We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me, as always, my guy, Jack Manuel. Jack, what's up? Senate battle time, Nick. Center battle. We are talking DeAndre Jordan, Jared Allen, player previews. Before we get started, though, quick reminder, you can find the buzz on iTunes, Block Talk Radio, OTGBasketball.com, NetsRepublic.com, Google Play, Dash Radio, and YouTube. Also head to Design Tree slash Off the Glass. Grab yourself a Brooklyn Buzz t-shirt with discount code OTG5. And also, we will be running a, a coupon code for you for FOCO. Buy two Nets items and get 10% off using OTG Nets. But, Jack, we're talking centers today. Who do you want to start with, DeAndre or Jared? Yeah, I mean, in the order that I have done when I've uh, we're looking at strengths, weaknesses, and everything else, Nick, I've done Alan Jordan because when we get to starters, and we spoke about it on the season preview as well, um, I believe Alan should start, as do the people on Twitter when I put out the poll. Everyone is uh, on the Jared Allen bandwagon, so let's go with uh, the fro. Let's go with the fro, and obviously last year, another very nice season for Jared Allen developing 10.9 points per game, 8.4 rebounds, 1.4 assists, 59% from the field. And 13% from three, 70% from the free throw line, and 1.5 blocks. Jack, he's a, he's what did a, you think of last year? He he had a really, really nice season, Nick. And, and I think that suddenly we should make a T-shirt. Let's go with the throw and have like a picture of Jared Allen on it. You know, let's get the design team on that one at dsgntree.com. But um, he, his highlights were, were a plenty. You know, the blocks on every single superstar. You know, you were just denied. If you were Giannis, you know, if you were LeBron James, if you were Blake Griffin, it happened to you on more than one occasion. Um, Jared Allen had a sensational season uh, and showed some growth in, in some key areas. And, you know, guys, a guy like Ed Davis as a sort of mentor for him really had an impact and really happy with the season that Jared Allen had uh, as a sophomore. Yeah, I agree. And I think people probably put too big of expectations for him to take a bigger jump. But I thought the jump he made last year was very solid and continues his progression. And I think we'd both say last year was a success for Jarrett. It certainly was. You know, Jarrett, he was a good rebounder defender. He solidified himself as a starter despite being only a second-year player. 
And it, but it was disappointing that he couldn't obviously perform against the game's biggest guys, you know, Joel Embiid, and he would get sort of schooled in the post a little bit. Um, and I always like to provide it out both ways. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's an area we'll talk about in a little bit. But biggest strength of Jared Allen's game? Yeah, the biggest strength of Jared Allen's game for me is deft touch around the rim, his rim running in general, blocks, pick and roll offense. Uh, he's man-to-man defense with the smaller players. He's a really good free-throw shooter for a big guy, and he provides some really nice verticality as well. Yeah, uh, pretty much everything you had, I would just throw in there. He's extremely good at doing the slip screens where he's faking yeah. out running a screen and then just jets to the rim, and he's so quick that most centers can't react in time. Um, I think his help defense is good. I think he understands when to rotate. It's just that people don't have his back. You mentioned being able to defend smaller guys, and I just think his mobility is very good for his size. And a solid passer. You know, he's not an amazing passer, but he has the ability to make a pass that some centers honestly can't in the NBA. Yeah, he he's willing to pass. There's some yeah. times where he can turn the ball over a little bit, and that probably pertains to some of the weaknesses that I have for him. But he's a willing passer, which is a good thing. 100%. And he's a willing screener, too. Especially, I think, last year you mentioned Ed Davis helping him. I think he improved in setting off-ball screens and understood the importance a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. Now, what do you got weaknesses? Uh, obviously, physical strength. Um, I don't think he's an elite rebounder for his position. You know, I think you need to get in the double digits if you're a center. Uh, he can be careless with the ball in his hands at times. You know, I think he can have probably too many turnovers for a guy who has a low usage. Um, and I think sometimes he can be timid for lack of a better term at times in the offensive end where you want him to just sort of take it in he can sort of be a bit indecisive in that sort of nature so maybe indecisive is probably a better word than timid yeah and i think i'd like to see him attempt to like try to dunk on guys a little bit more you know if you're able to block the best dunkers in the nba you probably can get high enough to dunk on some of these guys and but some of that comes with confidence and lack of physicality and it makes you think about i want to say it was against the hawks last year where maybe it was john collins or somebody in that team really aggravated him in the first two minutes and he played at a different level the entire game getting jared allen to be like fully engaged and locked in all the time not to say that he's disengaged but i think there's another gear that he's not always at he can hit and it's just not something we see consistently through 82 games which is hard for a lot of players but i think he can do that yeah i think he can too especially heading into his third season now what improvements do you need to see this season yeah, I think in terms of the improvements, it, it pertains to the weaknesses that we sort of spoke about. You know, I think that taking the three ball a little more confidently, I, he has the mechanics to do so. And I saw him take one um, last night against the Raptors. I think he just needs, in terms of a way of separating himself alongside DeAndre Jordan and, you know, making the offense a little more versatile. I think that's an area he can improve on. I think in general, just the physicality. And in terms of how the sort of team can help him in, in that sort of regard, you know, putting him in the lineups with guys like Laverne and, Did and Dinwiddie, who he has that embedded chemistry with already. Um, and I did see some really positive things last night from him and Kyrie Irving. You know, Kyrie Irving, some really good lateral bounce passing to, to Jared Allen as a roller. So I really like their chemistry as well. So I think he's already got really good pick and roll chemistry. You know, challenging him against those dominant centers, not necessarily, you know, just putting DeAndre out there and sort of, you know, hiding him. You know, giving Jared Allen, you know, a few reps against him because he's not going to get better unless he is being challenged against Embiid, Jokic, Davis, these sort of dudes. Um, and then giving him the chance to use a strength of his in his lateral quickness. You know, giving him, you know, not necessarily playing a switching style of defense. You know, if Jared Allen gets caught on, you know, a Kemba Walker or LeBron James or whatever, you know, don't make the switch. Let Jared Allen do that thing because he can, he's, he's blocked, he's created steals on that quite consistently you know, and I think he has the confidence and area to do so there um he is an incredibly adept you know lateral and athletic quick man for a guy who is six foot ten six foot eleven 
Yeah, no, Jack, you nailed it in pretty much all those points. And I think the improvements are pretty obvious, just like getting physically stronger and being able to deal with these bigger centers and adding to that offense. If he can add that three ball, we're not going to see a jump and all of a sudden he's going to start shooting 35%. But if he can get to a respectable number like 30%, that'd be a good start moving forward. And like you mentioned, playing with uh, Kyrie, Karras, Spencer, these playmakers, even possibly Musa if he keeps developing further, and then getting him in some – good lineups, some good spacing out there, and good matchups. I think you do want to test him a little bit, but also you don't want to leave him out there if he's getting abused. And now the Nets have that luxury to go to DeAndre possibly a little bit more. So it should, it should be a really good year for him, and I think there's a real chance for him to make a lot of the improvements we expect. Yeah, definitely. He's obviously still got so much potential and so much growth left in his game. He is still only uh, in the infancy of his NBA career. Now, what's his role in this team going to be, starter or bench player? It's funny. I did this doc last week or early this week and I had Alan as a bench player. And then, you know, a few days later, I have him as a starter. He is a starter for me right now. Um, and I think Jordan will be a bench player. But I don't think we can solidify and say it as a blanket statement. Jordan only bench player, Jared Allen only a starter. I think that this will change throughout the season. Yeah, I agree. I think he's a starter going in. He has an opportunity to maintain that position, but DeAndre obviously could jump in being the veteran and doing some things better than him. Now, where do you see his minutes uh, being at this season? Yeah, I'm giving him 25 or 26 minutes. I went with 26 here. I could see maybe up to 27, but I also could see down to 25 too. I think his minutes can fluctuate where in seasons past, I mean, like you knew he was getting his minutes, but now it's like, hey, DeAndre might come in really engage and do some things really well. And depending on the matchup, he might steal those minutes for that night. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be uh, a game of, you know, fit what fits best for, for the occasion. You know, what is the matchup like? What is happening in the game? What do we need? Do we need the strengths of, of Jared Allen out there to sort of, you know, counter whatever a team is throwing at us? Or do we need, you know, the, the maturity of a veteran in, in DeAndre Jordan to play a few extra minutes here and there? Um, now, I think that when we go through minute logs at some point throughout the season and we maybe revisit some of these predictions, it'll be interesting to sort of see because I could easily see us being way off in, in, in a lot of these sort of things. But uh, Jared Allen, you know, he, I think a lot of people were, you know, skeptical about the DeAndre Jordan signing. But I think that right now, you know, it doesn't seem to be affecting Jared Allen in any sort of negative capacity. He's still motivated. He gets along with DeAndre. You know, he's still got the chemistry. His skill set is still good. Um, I don't think it's going to uh, affect him adversely. I, I think that if we weren't to have a DeAndre Jordan and we were to keep saying a Davis or have another sort of backup center, maybe we would see a, a larger jump from, from Jared Allen. But maybe he he's not ready for that at the same time. So I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. And maybe DeAndre is pushing him further. You know what I mean? I think there's pros and cons to any situation like that. So I, if I fe- said the one I feel the least confident about in terms of minutes we've done so far, it's probably Jared Allen and DeAndre, who so we'll talk about yeah. later. But uh, usage-wise, would you say it's pretty much going to be the same as last year or right in that area? Yep, 15%. Yep. All right. Now, stat line. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, 12 points, uh, 9 rebounds, 1.5 assists, uh, just a shade under 60% from the field, uh, and 72% from the free throw line. What do you got those blocks looking like? Uh, I'm going to give him, let's give him the same. I'm going to give him 1.5, 1.5, 1.6. Yeah, I think I'm hoping he'll take a little bit of a jump in the block area, and I think maybe having some better defenders. So I'm going to hit him up with it at 1.8, but the rest of the stats are pretty much the same. You know, you're looking 11 points, nine rebounds. The assists are going to stay around the same. Field goal percentage, free throw percentage. I think everything will almost be similar to last season. 
not, maybe because of a reduced role to an extent, but just because there's not really a ton of area for him to improve on that's just like dramatically going to pop off on a stat sheet. Yeah, I think that if you're looking at one area, it's a three-point sort of percentage. That's sort of what separates you. And I think that in the comparison that I'll make to him in terms of where he'll be at the end of the season, it sort of, sort of relates to that specifically. All right, well, hit us. So for me, I'm, I'm hoping that Alan can push himself to near Miles Turner sort of levels of play and respectability within the league. You know, Miles Turner, you know, earning that sort of contract extension a couple of seasons ago, four years, $72 million. I think that's the ceiling that Jared Allen will get. I don't think he's going to get near that at this point in time. But Miles Turner is, you know, it was somewhat of a travesty that he wasn't in the all-defensive teams, seeing as he was one of the best defensive players in, in the entire NBA. I think when I was speaking with Corey and you guys before, you know, I had him third, fourth, fifth as one of the fourth, fifth best defenders across the league overall. And Miles Turner is a dominant defender. Jared Allen isn't a dominant defender just yet. And Miles Turner can hit, has a really nice offensive game, can confidently hit the three ball. Um, funnily enough, they're from the, the same college too. So for me, I think that that's the comp that I like the most for, for a guy like Jared Allen. Obviously, there is a, a little more finesse to Jared Allen's game, a little bit more sort of touch and that sort of thing in, in relation to, in comparison to Miles Turner. But I think that's a, a comp that, and if he were to get to, to the level of Miles Turner is at right now, um, I would be very, very happy. Yeah, I agree. I think that is a very nice comparison. Obviously, you know, Turner's jump shot was further ahead when he came to the league, but hopefully Jared could get at least close to that level. But defensively, you really love what you see from Miles Turner, especially in that pick-and-roll defense. He is very good, and he has that switch ability to go on to smaller defenders. But what's the big question for Jared Allen this year? Before we get to that, Nick, I sort of alluded to a contract sort of thing. A season before he is due an extension, what contract would you give Jared Allen? That's a tough one. I mean, uh, it depends a little bit, too, on, like, what the Nets think his ceiling is. Um, I don't think you give him more than Karis LeVert, and you probably give him around the same maybe as Spencer Dinwiddie. I would okay. think maybe or, you know, maybe in between those to two deals. But a lot can change in one year. Yeah, I'm, I'm, when I was sort of thinking about this question before I came up with it, obviously the high-end potential is, is Miles Turner. But then, you know, I looked at a sort of bargain basement contract for a guy like Yusuf Nurkic, who is a better player and a better center than uh, Jared Allen is right now in terms of what he provides a team. But, you know, Yusuf Nurkic got 448. Um, and if, you know, if you were to look at years and, and annual value, you know, I think Spencer Dillon is a better player. I think that if you're looking at the early 10, 11 sort of million dollar range for a guy like Jared Allen, because at the same time with these contracts, you're paying for the first sort of extension. You're paying for potential as well as what they can do for you right now. Um, so, you know, obviously you might back end it, you might front end it, um, but I think he could get anywhere up to maybe a $15 million annual raise. Um, but I think, you know, anywhere from nine to 15 is that sort of range where I would probably look at him. Yeah. And if I had to like single it down, I think 11 to 14 is probably the most likely one as of right now. Cause like you said, you're, you're slightly overpaying because you're expecting improvements. It's just how much is he going to improve, especially with the situation they're in. But also, the Nets aren't going to be in an area where they can afford to lose players. And even if they do resign a guy, they might like to move him in the future because just of the cap situation they'll be in with KD and Kyrie on the roster. Yeah. Now, any other questions on uh, Jared Allen we need to touch on? Yeah, for me, obviously, it's the one. Can he hold his own against the big boys, yep. Joel Embiid, all that sort of thing? Um, and I think in terms of how it relates to DeAndre Jordan, you know, uh, the minute, what's the minutes clutch going to be? Who's going to start? Who's going to close? Um, so those are the sort of questions that relate to both of them. 
but I guess I have a, some more individual questions for DeAndre too when we get to him. Yeah, I agree. And I think just Jared Allen improving against bigger centers is going to be key. If he can just take a stride there, he doesn't need to be elite. He doesn't need to be amazing, but at least be solid and competent where last year he would just get abused at times. That just can't happen again this season with the aspirations the Nets have as a team. Now, moving to DeAndre, we'll look back at uh, last season real quick. 11 points per game, 13 rebounds, over two assists, just over one block, 64% from the field and 70% from the free throw line. What would you like about DeAndre last year? DeAndre is one of the best rebounders in the game, and he's going to be that for as long as he is wearing a NBA uniform. He just knows how to get boards. Um, he can be a bit selfish in that regard. I remember you know, him having a little bit of a... Not necessarily. Let's go with a disagreement with Luca when he was sort of took a rebound from him. He sort of does that a little bit too much, but I've I've seen it lesser from him. You know, I know I saw Rodion's really sort of snatch a rebound because that's how he sort of rebounds. So I think that if Jordan cares a little bit less about his numbers, I think that's going to be a positive sort of thing. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you just let the guy get the rebound. It's not that big of a deal. So I think he's a great rebounder. I think he's an underrated teammate. I think you know Mitchell Robinson would say some good things about him. And I think that, you know, when I was looking at video for him, he puts up buckets. You know, he knows how to pass well. You know, when I was doing um, the video breakdown for NetRepublic.com, he is an incredible passer to cutting players. And, you know, the timing of his passes uh, in terms of, you know, when he hits them and how to hit them, you know, he just has this innate ability to do so, even though he's not ever going to average five assists per game, but he is a very solid passer. So DeAndre Jordan, and I think, what we sort of saw from him last season, I think you could almost call an aberration and sort of put, put it off the radar in terms of the impact that he has because he didn't impact teams beyond, you know, box score and rebounding sort of numbers. And I think he's going to impact, or at least hopefully impact this Nets team heading into the 19-20 season. Yeah, and that's a great way to put it. And I think just to summarize some of the things you said in terms of the passing is he's just an experienced basketball player. You know, he's been in the NBA for a while now. He's a true veteran. And he can provide values to guys, not only on the court, but you mentioned the leadership. And I think he's going to play a pivotal role, especially already having prior relationships with KD and Kyrie. And like I mentioned, having that experience in the league. But that essentially covers our strengths. Is there anything else you'd want to throw in there? Yeah, I think for strengths, we sort of touched on them, I guess, a little bit there, Nick. Um, he, passing the colors, dominant rebounder. He's dunking. He's verticality. Um, love his, love his, his size. Love his free throw shooting. He's always leading the league in field goal percentage. Good teammate. He knows his limitations, his quality of shots. Um, he has strength as a sort of and strength and size, like you mentioned. And for those that haven't seen it yet, for those you know, um, in terms of looking at his free throw numbers, did a sort of mini thread on how he sort of improved. And I guess I can explain it on on the podcast as well. You know, he's jumped up ten percent. You know, over the last sort of three seasons, from forty eight percent in in seventeen eighteen to. 70% at the end of the uh, 18-19 sort of season where his mechanics look perfect. You know, he knows what he's doing, but that's the sort of least thing that's sort of impacting him. He is really engaging in terms of another player. So he sort of, and I had, funnily enough, like a, a doctor, a neuroscientist or whatever comment on it. It's just like, that's that sort of affects the neural pathways. He's doing the right thing in terms of engaging in another sort of stimulus so he doesn't think about it. Because when you're doing those fine motor skills like putting, like free throw shooting, you don't want to think about what your body is doing. You want to just do it because everyone knows how to hit a free throw shot for the most part. It's generally the mental aspect of it that sort of prevents you from being the best that you can. And he sort of will always speak to a teammate. He's always just like, oh, who you got on defense? And I saw it again last night. You know, Nawaba was at the, the, the box 
yeah, and within the paint under the box, you know, getting the rebound and he's like to Nawaba and Nawaba will just like point to someone or say someone's name. Um, and it's it showed tremendous growth and I really respect that and I think a lot of and the reason why I got so much sort of traction was because a lot of people know it, but it, it shows that a guy that's put in work into a, a part of his game that is incredibly important for a center. I think it's underrated a skill for a center is to be able to hit those free throws because they're going to get there. They're going to get hacked when they're in the pick and roll. They're going to get hit on the arms every now and then. So to have two guys who had that 60, late 60s, early sort of 70s sort of range in, in Allen and Jordan, um, I, I respect the growth. And it's a really fascinating thread for those that haven't checked it at the JMN JBT. Make sure you follow Jack, obviously dropping great threads all season long with film and now obviously breaking down uh, free throws. So man of all traits, but uh, it was very interesting to see that though. And it makes a lot of sense. Like when you're dealing with something in a pressure situation, some small little things can just kind of help take your focus off and alleviate some of that pressure. But you pretty much covered all the strengths there. I'm really looking forward to see what uh, DeAndre can do, kind of rejuvenate it in Brooklyn with his friends. On the weaknesses, what do you got? I had um, impacting beyond the box score, mm. um, his engagement on both ends, um, and I guess just that selfishness that I sort of spoke to and alluded to in terms of just getting his own numbers. You know, can he just look beyond that and just want to make an impact and do what's best for the team, which I think he can. Yeah, and obviously a little bit limited on offense, not quite as athletic as he once was, still can get above the rim though, obviously, but you pretty much nailed everything. We didn't touch on this before. Would you say last year was a disappointment for DeAndre? Yes, it was. Yeah, I would agree. And you, you pretty much hit it ahead when you mentioned not impacting the game, just impacting the box score, which is not what you want for a, team, a player on a winning team. Now, areas he needs to improve this season. Yeah, I think areas he needs to improve and in terms of how he can sort of uh, be engaged and, and get the most out of him from the team is, you know, just looking at, you know, what is best for the team and, and how he can provide their you know, impacting being a sort of mentor sort of like player uh, for Jared Allen. And in terms of, you know, getting the most out of him within the team, just throw him in the pick and roll because uh, in running, running through plays, pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll, he just has insane verticality. He knows how to finish, you know, with Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie will throw some insane vertical, you know, passes and, and John Jones will somehow find them. You know, we've seen him before be on those highlight reels. I think that there's a potential that he could do that again this season because he's having that fun. He's with two of his best friends. And, you know, I think that the areas we spoke about, he already is what he is as a player. So there aren't necessarily any improvements he can sort of make beyond the sort of intangibles. You know, running some plays through him, including those sort of those ATO sort of plays and those elbow plays where he has the ball in his hands and he's passing it to some cutters. You know, already seen that a little bit in, in China and stuff, uh, which is sort of good. Uh, and then I think as a coach, Kenny can like challenge him to be great on both ends, uh, to be a leader in that sort of aspect. So a lot of the stuff is sort of obviously on-court stuff, but then it's sort of the intangibles that help make you take you from being a good player to a really impactful and great player. Yeah, a lot of the mental aspect here, like you said, just bring it a higher energy level, more effort, more engagement, being a leader and providing the team what it needs. And like you said, similar to Jared Allen, you know, get him in the good matchups, get him with some good passers and creators like Kyrie, Spencer, and Karras, and let him live in that pick and roll because we mentioned his size. Like, he sets a screen and he's creating a lot of space because he's just a big human. He is. He's a large man. <laughs> now, his role on the team, obviously, we talked Jared earlier and we had Jared starting. So that would put DeAndre at the bench. Like we mentioned, this kind of these roles can flip-flop between the two. We're not ready to set this in stone. But where would you have DeAndre's minutes at? I would have him at 22 or 23. Yep. 
I have a 23 or 24 and people will be like, well, you had Jared at 26 and 24. That's 50 minutes. But you got to remember, people are going to miss games. They're going to play four more minutes in this game than they will in the other game. So it'll all kind of even out by the end of the season. Yes, it will. Uh, usage rate, pretty much the same with Jared, the same as last season, the same as pretty much all of DeAndre's career. Yep, 15% is the exact same number as I had for Jared Allen. Now, uh, predictions on the stat line. Yeah, I'm going to give him 12 points, 13 boards, uh, two and a half assists, uh, 65% from the field, 68% from the free throw line, and I'm going to give him 1.1 blocks. Okay, I went with uh, 10 points, 11 rebounds, uh, around the same assists, same thing in field goal percentages like the previous seasons, above 60%. You know, he's going to make his shots. Free throw hopefully can stay at that 70% mark. And block-wise, I'm hoping he can pick it up maybe to like a 1.4. Okay. Now, I think that just because the area that I think it's always going to be up there for him is rebounding because he craves those boards, he eats those boards. So it's just like an Ed Davis-like, but in a, in a different sort of fashion, I think. Ed Davis is probably a better offensive rebounder, but Jar- uh, DeAndre Jordan is a defensive rebounder, has him there. Yeah, and it, hopefully it has a positive impact on the transition game, which we mentioned on the team preview. But what's the big question for DeAndre Jordan this season? Yeah, for me, it's, you know, can he redeem the value of his contract? You know, the contract obviously is lofty, four years, $40 million. Um, a lot of people are like, well, DeAndre Jordan didn't deserve that. But, you know, Kyrie took unders, as did KD. Um, and hopefully, you know, if he is what I think he can be at the end of the season, you know, a league best as a rebounder or in that top sort of three uh, within the field goal percentage and then re-engage with the defensive end. If he averages 1.4 blocks, I'll be incredibly happy. Then, you know, he is going to redeem that value. He is going to repay the faith that the Nets have shown in him. And I think pretty much what we talked touched on, if he can just get back to impacting basketball in a positive way, you know, impact winning in creating winning situations for his teammates, what he has the ability to do. And like we talked about, the weaknesses are the mental aspect, being engaged, getting that uh, focus up and just getting back to being a very good defensive player. This is a guy that was in the conversation for a defensive player of the year, year in and year out, because he was so good on that end of the floor. Yeah, and I think that he he may not ever reach those heights again, but he can go back to a level there, which has him at least above average. Now, Jack, any other things you want to touch on between DeAndre or Jared? No, I'm just really looking forward to seeing these guys uh, out on the court and in terms of what they can provide. I think that both of them are going to provide us highlights in, in different sort of aspects. I'm hoping for some massive DeAndre dunks and some massive, you know, Jared Allen blocks. And then hopefully that, you know, we've, uh, it is a strength of ours. I think that when we spoke about strengths and weaknesses on the team preview pod, our center rotation is damn good. You know, as a third center, Nicholas Claxton is that young sort of kid coming through. Um, I think it's really sort of positive and, and I'm really excited to see what our five position and how they impact the game for us, um, you know, hopefully for a nice little playoff push. And it's interesting, too, because I would say the skill sets between Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan are more similar than Jared Allen and Ed Davis. So offensively, the changes don't happen where we mentioned this on a couple of shows, I think, over the summer. Ed Davis obviously was great defensively, you know, great rebounder, but he did not provide you any vertical spacing on the pick and roll. He set you a good screen, created space, but he wasn't much of an option rolling to the rim unless it was a wide open dunk or layup. Yeah, and he's going to do some really nice things in Utah. But, yeah, I think that in terms of, you know, offensively and schematically, you know, both of these guys have some really nice verticality to them when we were speaking about, you know, those strengths of theirs. And I think that we can look to them, and I think that they are both starting caliber players at at the center position within this league. It's whether, 
you know, who gains the ascendancy and, you know, on what night, which one is, is doing the most for you. And I think it's almost a luxury to have, you know, if Jared Allen isn't producing, you know, DeAndre, you get out there. Or if DeAndre isn't engaged enough, it's just like, all right, well, we're going to yank here. And hopefully that brings um, the best out of both of them. And it also helps, you know, if centers get in foul trouble, it just happens because they're defending the rim and it's, you know, they're going to get called for plays attempting to make a block or whatever it is. And having both these guys and then swapping them out and not really changing your scheme that much, obviously certain guys are going to have pros and cons to their game like we mentioned on the show, but I think it'll help Kenny and help the rest of the team. So I'm looking forward to that. And like you said, it's a real strength center and point guard, very good for the Nets. But as always, Jack, a pleasure talking Nets with you. Thank everybody for listening. You can find us on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, OGGBasketball.com, Google Play, Dash Radio, YouTube, and NetsRepublic.com. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.